recording to the cloud, which is nice and roomy right now. Okay, not the Sufi poet, just full of space. All right, so the Gemara had been in the middle of discussing at the end of Dafchafal from Beis. How do we know? Um, this general rule, according to Rabbi Yehuda, right, Rabbi Yehuda, who had claimed that you actually are limited, you have an avela, you can either sell it to a full-blown goy or give it as a gift to a ger, but not vice versa, right, a ger taishif, not a, right, a ger, this sort of ger who keeps the shumas benef, etc. Um, so, uh, according to him, the Umar had asked, all these serum of the Torah, how do we know that they are Asr Bahana? According to Rabbi Meir, we had said the source was from the clearly very general, non-specific, that you can derive any kind of Hana, any kind of benefit specifically from the Vela. You can infer from there the things that are not in the Vela, uh, but are also prohibited to eat. You may not derive any benefit from However, right, however, um, according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's not, there's not really such a specific din. It's more like kind of a Xeris Akasav that says you can, you know, you can sell it to this one, you can give it to that one. It doesn't really tell you much about the general state of such Isurim, such dinim in the whole tire. Excuse me. So, according to him, what's the source <clears throat> that all the uh, prohibitions of the Tyra that are uh, that you can't eat are also asubana, also forbidden to benefit from. So says, He gets it from the halacha of uh, treifa. Right? If you have a treifa, these are the very last few words of Dafchafal from Beit. He gets it from the halacha of treifa, which is that if you have an animal that is uh, found dead in the field, right? it's been uh, attacked by animals or the like, right? we hold, practically speaking, treifa refers to an animal that... Uh, that um, uh, has some, uh, I said found dead in the field, that'll be the bail, right? Trefa has some kind of disqualification that'll make it dead within a year, right? So, because of an injury, usually, could be a congenital condition as well. So, when I say such an animal, you're supposed to throw to the dogs. You should throw the trefa to But not any other Torah prohibition that should not be thrown to Rabbi Meir. Okay, what about Rabbi Meir? In other words, what does Rabbi Meir do with this Pasuk, since he has a different source for the general halacha, that things that are prohibited to eat are also behind all? So he says, You can throw um, the treifa, right, the, to a kelev, to a dog, but you cannot throw meat that was shechted in the Azara, right? Let's say for some reason someone slaughters um, meat in the Azara. It's not a carbon, so you're not allowed to have any benefit from it. Um, so it's a specific prohibition um, that just derived from right? What about the other way around? What about the other opinion? So how does he get that halacha? He says, this halach of chun shenishchatu ba'azara is not a dindai raisa. It's only a rabbinic decree, so he doesn't need a drasha to source it. Okay, 
Let's think about the actual gid hanasha, the actual sciatic nerve. Peir says, says the Jews do not eat the The Gemara says the Mishnah that says you can send a gid, uh, uh, the thigh of an animal, right, the hindquarters of an animal, to a guy, even though it includes the gid Right. In other words, because you can tell which part of the thigh is the git hanasha. So you might be worried maybe the guy is going to share the meat uh, with, a, with, a, with a Jew. And the Jew won't realize that it contains git hanasha, it contains sciatic nerve, because the sciatic nerve is relatively easy to pick out. So it says the Gemara, right? We see quite clearly that you're allowed to, uh, you're allowed to share the meat with an Jew. Right, you're allowed to send it to a non-Jew. Um, yeah, we see that you're allowed to send it to a non-Jew. Generally speaking, you cannot send things that are also not to your friends who are non-Jews. We see that you can derive benefit. So says the Gemara, right? The one the Torah permitted Nevel, it's a very interesting trick the Gemara is doing here, when the Torah permitted you to derive benefit from a average Nevela, right, from a standard animal carcass, it, its fats, and its all its sinews were also permitted. Okay, so Rashi explains, we extrapolate from there that all chalev and every, all forbidden fats and gid and sinews, like the gid anasha, are also permitted to derive hana from, even if they're not a Nevela. Rashi says, Hain Korean Imon Avail. You see the Rashi, Hivichal Vigid Hutra, Rashi Lafikach. Therefore, Kol Chelev Vichal Gid, Tarin Bahana. All fat and all sinews is permissible to derive benefit from. Shahin Bichlala Gerasha Bisharachat Nanocha. They're actually included in the Pasak, which instructs you that you can give over the meat and avail to the Gertaisha. Shagam Hain Korean Imon Avail. They are called Navela along with. Right, so Rashi is very, very emphatic. Make no mistake, it's permissible to derive hana from every gid hanasha, whether it's nevela or ksher. Very interesting, uh, strange thing. The Gemara. I'm not familiar with any similar uh, drasha work um, anywhere else in Shas. I've learned. This is fine, according to the opinion that holds that the gid, the sinew, conveys meat flavor. So by that logic, by that logic, it makes sense to say that they're included in the catch-all term of nivela, right, of a, a carcass, because after all, um, they are just another piece of meat. There's an opinion that says sinews do not convey any flavor. They're really kind of like... Um, piece of wood. So Michael and Maymar, how are you going to say that they're included in the novella, meat of the novella, unnecessarily the case? Says the Gemara, man shamit like the Amr, Amy Gidin, nice and time, Rabbi Shimon. Who is this man, the Amr, who holds Gidin, that sinews don't convey flavor? Why that's Rabbi Shimon? We learned that Rabbi So Eichem Gid Hanasha shall behemoth to me as somebody who eats of the sciatic nerve of a non-kosher animal. 
Rabbi Yehuda Mechayev Shtayim, Rabbi Shimon Paita says you get two sets of Malkas, two sets of lashes. Rabbi Shimon says, no, you're Potter. I, Rabbi Yehuda, holds your Chayev, two sets of Malkas. One is for eating the sciatic nerve, to get an usher. The other is for eating of non-kosher meat. Right, Rabbi Shimon, however, says that you are Potter because you, you ate to get an usher from a Chazer, from a camel, you know, from something that's totally non-kosher. So, um, the, uh, so A, there's only a prohibition, Shimon holds there's only prohibition of getting hanasha on kosher animals, and B, even though you're eating a piece of camel, since the get hanasha has no flavor, right, it's not meat, so you haven't eaten, you've eaten a piece of wood, you haven't eaten a piece of meat from a non-kosher animal, right, so we need some disgusting broken thing from a non-kosher animal that's not food, it's not, it doesn't violate anything. Shogun, but he doesn't get zanis. So, says the Gemara, Rabbi Shimon Hochinami does about no. In fact, so you were wondering, according to that opinion, what will he do? How will he explain the idea that the Gid Hanasha is mutter bahana, is permitted to I benefit from? He says, Rabbi Shimon Hochinami does about no. Rabbi Shimon actually uh, exempts, uh, excuse me, Rabbi Shimon holds that you're also, that it's also about no, that you're not allowed to derive benefit from the uh, Gid Hanasha. The Tanya Gid Hanasha mutter bahana, Div Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon Iser. Rabbi Yehuda, in fact, clearly says the Gid Hanasha is Mutter Bahana, you're allowed to write that. Rabbi Shimon says it's forbidden. Okay, so it all comes together. Very nice. Very, very nice. Says the Gemara, okay, let's move on to different forbidden food. Blood. The Torah says, no soul among you, right? No single one of you shall eat blood. And we learned in the Mishnah, both the blood of carbon uh, chattas that's spilled on the Mizbech, as well as other carbonas, spill into the Amma, into the ditch um, uh, that uh, kind of serves as a drainage for the and they flow out to the Nahal Kidron, to the Kidron Valley, and they are sold to um, uh, people who have gardens, people who are gardeners, as fertilizer. Right? So the blood, in other words, they, 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 the, the people who have uh, land that they fill down in the Kidron Valley, they have an arrangement where they pay the Beis HaMikdash, for the benefit they get from the blood-infused water that flows into the plant, which gives it a nitrogen boost of some kind. Um, I'm pretending I understand the chemistry. I don't. <laughs> and, by, um, and, of course, if you somewhere is, is to use it without permission from Hektish, right? If he doesn't uh, do, do a, fair, a fair square deal, then there's Meila. So, But regardless, we see that the gardeners are allowed to use the blood, which you're not allowed to eat, um, for their benefit, for their hana. They use it as fertilizer. Blood is compared to water. You should pour it out on the ground like water. Right, just as you're allowed to benefit from water. So do you can benefit from blood? It says the Gemara, hold on a second. Once we're... Uh, once we're comparing it to water, maybe you should compare it to water, which is poured on the mizbeach, right? Water is poured, which is poured in the mizbeach is actually hectish, uh, um, and you're not allowed to derive hana from it. You're not allowed to derive any benefit from it. So there's some water that's not so freely, um, uh, not so freely uh, allowed. Maybe blood is supposed to be compared to that water. 
says the Gemara, Amravavo, Ravo says, Kamayim Rovmai. Like water, right? The implication is most water. Most water in the world is not poured on this vech. Says the Gemara, really? Does it say that in the Pasuk? Most water? Elam Ravashi, Ravashi says, Kamayim Hanishfachim, Vlai Kamayim Hanishsachim. Right? It's like water, uh, that water which is poured on the ground, and not like that water which is poured out as a libation on the Zbayah. Right? So it's a little interesting because it doesn't say that either. But um, the, Gemara, the, the Gemara seems, un- I would explain the Gemara with a little more precision, which is what the Gemara is trying to say is, if you're going to make the claim that Mayim should be understood as a reference to Rav Mayim, most waters, then you haven't really created two separate categories. You're acknowledging that these are all one category, and you're just saying, but it means most of that that's a very imprecise way for the Torah to talk. And if the Torah had said most water, that would be one thing. But since it didn't, this is kind of a, an, an a incorrect reading. So what Rashi does is he creates two different categories of water, right? There's Mayim Hanishpachim and Mayim Hanishachim, right? He's done, that's what he's done theoretically. There are two sets of water. Now that he's made two sets of water, he can say that when the Torah was talking about water, it was talking about set A and not set B. Um, so that's just a little education we're getting in Drashaology. Okay. Says the Gemara, the Ema. Let's rather say that I can think of some water that's neither poured out on the ground for no reason and not poured out on his back, but poured in by the Zara, which of course you're not allowed to derive any no, any benefit from. Says the Gemara, that actually is, is also called libation, right? It's a bad libation. You're not supposed to do it, right? But uh, it's still a libation. But right? Of course, we call the uh, wine, which is a light. Uh, which is poured out for it by the Zara, the right? So that's a libation. Okay. It says the Gemara, Ula Chizkiya, according to Chizkiya. Who's Chizkiya? Chizkiya holds that um, the Israhana of Hametz comes from Lo Yeachel. Right? From the Pasuk, it says, Lo Yeachel, Hametz shall not be eaten. Right? But Lo Teichel, Lo Teichel, he doesn't have this general rule there of a vote as um, that, uh, that uh, whenever we uh, have a prohibition against eating, Therefore, we assume um, there's a, there's an Isirhana. So according to him, how why why is blood compared to water? Because we know right that there's no according to Chizkiyah, there's nothing forcing us to say that blood um, uh, there's nothing forcing us to say that blood must not be eaten. Excuse me, there's nothing forcing us to say that blood um, has an Isirhana is permitted to, is, is is forbidden to derive benefit from. According to Ravavo, who holds everything that you eat presumptively, you're not allowed to derive no benefit from, from, so it makes sense for the Torah to tell you, ah, but blood is an exception. However, according to Chizki, I never would have thought that just because I'm not allowed to eat them, them. So according to him, what's the Torah coming to teach us? By juxtaposing, by comparing Adam blood to water, after all, I have no reason to think blood would be forbidden to, to derive benefit from anyway. So the Gemara, the Kedar of Kiyabar Abba, it's like Rabbi Kiyabar Abba, Rabbi Kiyabar Abba, Rabbi Echon, Minayin Ladam Kodshim Sheinim Asher. How do we know that the blood of Kodshim of sacrifices does not convey Hechshir Toma, right? Does it only make Hechshir Toma? So this is very familiar. We had it a few blades ago. Shanam, I like Techlan, or Alaris, the Shanam, and the says you should not eat the blood, you should pour it out on the ground like water. Dam Shanishbah. Only the blood that's poured out like water um, conveys hechshir toma, right? So like um, the uh, blood of a animal which is shechted and is not kachim, uh, right? However, right? Uh, let's say the blood of a of a carbon 
right, does not convey Hefshir Okay, right? So the Dam Kachim doesn't convey Hefshir That's what he gets out of it. Now, says the Gemara of Ari Avram and Achai, right? There's an Isser to eat um, flesh which was cut from a living animal. Right? You should not eat life with the flesh, right? It's a big no no. Tanya, Rabbi Nasanaimer, we learned that Rabbi Sermon says, When I actually showed him Christian Lazarus, how do we know that you're not allowed to pass a cup of wine to Nazir, to a, uh, a person who has taken the vow of Nazirus? And Livne Noyah, you cannot pass Avram and Achai. If you have a piece of meat which was cut from a living animal, you're not allowed to pass it to even a non Jew, because he's forbidden to eat that. Tamil what does the Torah say? Livne you shouldn't put a stumbling block before the blind. The Klavim Shari, but infer from there that you can give the Avram and Achai the meat to a dog, right? You can, you're allowed to derive benefit from it, just no one's allowed to eat it. Avram and Achai is connected to the Parsha of blood, right? It's, uh, it's, it's related to blood, and blood again, as we know, you're allowed to derive benefit from. We have this idea that Hadam Huanefesh, the blood is the soul, is the life. So we talk about not eating the life with the flesh, but then that same Pasuk that ties Avram and Achai to the prohibition against eating blood. Okay. Says the Gemara now again, according to Chizkiah, who holds that there is no presumption that things that are forbidden to eat are also to for, forbidden to derive benefit from. Right? So, my Hizkiah is Kish. Avram and Achai Dam, for what purpose is Avram and Achai compared to blood? You got it backwards. It's actually blood, which is comparable to Avram and Achai. Just as um, a limb from a living animal, right, is Aser, so to blood from a living animal is forbidden, right? You might think all these prohibitions of blood we're talking about are about blood from meat that you're eating or blood from... <coughs> from the act of slaughter. But what if a person, this is actually very commonplace in the Middle Ages, and I'm sure before, what if a person uh, is is letting blood from his animal in order to, just for his nutrition, he's not trying to kill it, he just, he needs some uh, some calories, right? So, right, blood letting blood, right, blood letting blood is prohibited, um, just like uh, the blood of slaughter, and uh, it's not, Permissible to eat. Okay. Right. So it's nothing to do with the question of Isra. No, again, according to Tiski, the presumption is that there's no Isra. There's no prohibition derived benefit from things unless otherwise stated. Okay. Let's say you have an, an ox that's meant to be killed, right? It killed somebody or something. The terror says its flesh shall not be eaten. Tanya, we learned the right smash number. Sokol Yisaka Ashor Enya Deashi Nevela. Right, based on based on that which I know that the animal is going to get stoned. So of course the animal is a nevela, right? It's not going to be shechted. Nevela Surbachila. Why would I think for a second I'm allowed to eat a nevela? So says the Gemara. Well, you know what's the Torah coming to tell me? You should know. Don't eat any nevela. Right, of course it's a nevela. The fellow might. Right, the fellow might take the cow after the gemara didn't and think to himself, "Oh, it's getting killed anyway. I might as well enjoy a barbecue and slaughter the ox." Right? So kamash malan that uh, even when you do that and slaughter it properly, once it's had mardin, uh, once it's been ruled that the animal is going to be put to death, um, you're no longer allowed to benefit. You're not allowed to. Eat. 
So only Elaba Achila says the Brisa Hanoah Minayin. Okay, that only covers the prohibition against eating. How about Hanoah? How do you know it's also to get benefit any benefit from a Shor Haniskol? There it says, right, Ubal Sharnaki, the owner of the ox is Naki, it's clean, so literally it means innocent. So, my Mashma, what's the deeper meaning? Shim ben Zayma, Aimer says, Shim ben Zayma, Ke'adim Shaim Lechavera, Yotta Plaini Naki Minachasab. So, it's like a figure of speech people would say, right, so and so is uh, bankrupt, right? He has no, he's Naki Minachasab, he's got nothing. In Lebuham Hanashal derives no benefit, right? So, uh, that's what it means that Baal Sharnaki, you're not allowed to have any benefit. Yeah, so time with the cost of Baal Sharnaki. Right. The implication is that we needed a specific second drasha to tell us well, Sharnaki, that you can't derive any benefit from the meat. Right. It's achila mashma. mashma. Right. The prohibition against achila um, is all that we get out of loyachama. That's a kasha, both according to Rav and even for for Chizkiya, Right. Because even Chizkiya holds that loyei Right, similar to what we find by Chametz, implies a Nisr Hana, implies a prohibition against deriving benefit. So that's going to be a cash according to everybody, because um, we see the Torah does not consider either the presumptive general rule of Revavo that if there's a prohibition against eating, there's a prohibition against deriving benefit, or the specific rule of Chizkiah that only if it does something like Lo Ye Ochel, as it does by Chametz. Um, is there an inferred prohibition against both, uh, not only eating, but also deriving benefit? But oh, here we have a loyeochel, which seems to uh, convey neither. So says the Gemara, or it seems to only convey a uh, prohibition against eating. So says the Gemara, loyelum loyeochel No, no, don't get worried. Right? Uh, it's true, the core halacha is derived from loyeochel that you can't derive benefit. What we get from balasharnaki, the ox, right, being clear, right? So that, um, that's just to, uh, deriving benefit from the height of the animal. The instructs says more, you might say, what do you mean? Uh, why wouldn't I understand it on my own? No, I understand it on my own. Salkut on your own. Salkut I mean, I might think, lo yeofelos b'saroi, the Torah actually does say, lo yeofelos b'saroi, its flesh may not be, right? So b'saroi in, that might reasonably, a reasonable reader could make the mistake of thinking, oh, you know, that includes, um, uh, Hide as well. Excuse me, that, that it comes to exclude its hide, right? It only refers to those parts of the animal which you can actually eat. That is not the case. Okay, now, according to these Tanoi that use Uval Sharnaki for a different shot, right? What's the other shot? What's the other halacha that they get out of it? Um, uh, that the lechati kaifel to mevod the gemara says right for lechati kaifer if an, if you have a short time right if you have an animal that does not have a history of attacking other uh, other the, the people or animals well specifically people I think in this case um, so he only pays half kaifer right or alternatively that he doesn't have to pay to mevod if the ox causes a woman to miscarry doesn't have to pay the value of the uh, the uh, fetuses. So, where do they get this halacha that bans you from uh, getting hana benefit from the hide of the ox? They get it from the word s besare, right? That extra, that quote unquote extra word s, right? What does s teach us? S hatafel besare, that which is secondary to the meat, the flesh, which includes the hide. 
right? So this says the Gemara ve'idach. So what about the other Tanoim? Why didn't they use that drush? So Asli Darish, they don't like to use the drushes based on the word S, right? Because that's the subject of a famous Machlech. It's Kedatani. We learned that it says, Shimon ha'msayni, v'amalei nechami ha'msayni. Jehur was it. Shimon ha'msayni. Ha'yadayrish kol esim shabatayrish. He would darshan, he would infer meaning from every S, every time the word, the Torah says S, so, 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 so many times, right? Um, he would be doirish, he would find some hidden meaning. But when he got to S Hashem Pasik all the way towards the end of the Torah, right? You should fear Hashem, your God. Pirish, he stopped. And what, you know, if your system breaks, Right at S Hashem right? Uh, you know, because obviously you can't, you cannot tack anything on to Hashem Himself, right? So the S can't be coming to include anything. That's his logic. So he says, if your system breaks here, that means everything else you did, you know, was flawed. Then we can't actually darshan S. It's either it's a hard rule, either you do, either you you get meaning out of the word S or you don't. So Amulahem and a famous incredible line. He says, just as I received. Reward for the drisha for all the teaching of Torah I did up until now. I'm also going to receive reward by stopping, by ceasing to darshan this way because I see it's not correct. Okay, so what happened? Chabari Bakiva Vidarash Rabakiva came and saved the day. Rabakiva taught as Hashem Tira. The rabbis tell me the chachamin. Right, Rabakiva said, S is coming to add uh, that you should. Uh, Fear, right? You should have awe of Tabidicham of Torah scholars in the same way that you have fear of heaven, which is actually amazing. The idea that the relationship between a Talmud Chacham and an average person is somehow, in even in even the most light way, analogous um, to the relationship between man and God is really an incredible, incredible statement. And to me, it just shows how strict we have to be in our standard if we call a Talmud Chacham. Um, okay. All right. The Gemara continues, another example of something you're not allowed to eat. Right? The Torah says you're not allowed to eat the fruit that grows when you first come into Eretz Yisrael the first three years, right? How do I know that I'm not, right? The Torah just says you can't. Eat arlo lo ye ochel shall not be. How do I know you can't right, benefit from it? You can't use it to paint, right? You can't uh, create dyes with the uh, with the colors of the fruits. And there, and you can't use the oil to oil to light your candles. It comes from the extra words, right? Aral tem arlo soy arelim. Rabbi says, "Cool, all those repetitions of the word arla." Come to uh, exclude all types of benefit, all types of anna. Says the Gemara again, time of the cause of Rachmana, but Aral Temor Losay Arelim. It's specifically because of the repetition of the term Arel Halava. We were not the case, right? Do we not? If we wouldn't have this Hava, I mean, it's a Chilamashma, it's a Nolimashma. And again, it's a Kasha, right? It's going to be a Kasha according to both of Chizkia and Ruval, both to Chizkia and Ruval, because the Pasik says, Lo Yechel, And yet we somehow didn't know that that. That impl- implicit in that is that it also uh, is asura. No, you're also not allowed to derive benefit from. That's a challenge, both according to Vavo, who holds that anytime there's an isra achila, there's an implicit isra hana, and according to Chizkiah, who holds that if it says lo ye ochel, right, uh, um, it shall not be eaten, that that uh, implies an isra hana, because as we found, uh, because, because we see quite clearly that uh, that doesn't apply in isra hana. Says the Gemara, we needed a separate Joshua to say to say there's an Isra Hana when it comes to Arla. 
The Gemara, the Oilam, Lo Yeochel, Mashma Bein Isra Achila, Bein Right? This pasuk, it says it shall not be eaten, of course, includes both the prohibition against eating Orla and the prohibition against deriving Hanah, deriving benefit. You might get confused. Because over there, the Torah says, Lachem, right? The Torah, right? That the Aritzar says, Arelim yu Lachem, right? That's not the lesson of the Pasik. Um, oh no, Arelim loye Yachel. Trying to remember the exact lesson of the Pasik. The Torah says a little later on, Ah, shall I write? Right, so, right, so since it says lochem, right, for you, so I might think, um, uh, uh, I might slip up, I might make a mistake. I might think that uh, I'm allowed to use the um, the orla. I'm just not allowed to eat it. Now you might say, okay, but why does it have to be repeated three times for three different types of asuria? No, all right, the oil and dyeing and uh, and using it as um, uh, as kindling. Right, so it says the Gemara, um, um, or rather, just uh, I think those are two separate, two, two, two. They're really two distinct categories: oil, oil and dyeing. Right. So why, why do I need two special? Right, because they're only rep- two repetitions of the word oil. So why do I need that? It's the more istrich. I do need that because Right again, because lachem is constantly the, the word lachem is constantly militating against. Uh, the idea of Nisarana. So the Torah has to go to a great deal of trouble to explain that despite the presence of the word Lachem, there's still an overarching Nisarana, which of course raises the very interesting, we'll stop here, but it of course raises the very interesting question of why does the Torah say Lachem if it creates so much confusion? That seems like an Arla subject, but I thought it's an interesting question. Okay, we'll break off right here.